T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make some noise! Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. We're the flagship station of the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks. Sports Radio 929 game, dribbling for Chuckery. Talking about the Falcons, Terry Fontenot, the Falcons GM, and Arthur Smith had a big powwow with the media yesterday covering all sorts of things, and we've heard about the fact that they're going to be involved in the Shrine game, coaching that one side while the Patriots staff will coach the other. So get some good eyeballs on some uh, potential draft picks as well. And to how the culture has been established and basically Terry Fontenot's philosophy on uh, free agency and everything else. But he also did have something interesting to say. We've always heard about how quarterbacks should be a certain height, this, that, and the other. Guess what? Mike Vick wasn't six feet tall. He was not. Doug Flutie had a pretty good career, legendary career at Boston College. Lynn Dawson won a Super Bowl. One of my favorite sports photographs of all time, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, coached by Hank Stram, Lynn Dawson in the locker room at halftime smoking a cigarette. One of my favorite ones always. So there's lots of – Fran Tarkin is only six feet tall. Drew Brees, arguably six feet tall. My point being – Here's Terry Fontenot on the notion of that prototypical NFL quarterback. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's all part of the process, right? Looking at um, it, 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 you're trying to um, – there, there's a certain percentage of these players that are going to not make it and a certain percentage that are going to make it. So you're trying to get your hit rate up. And so the way you do that is you look at history and you look at, okay, what is prototype? And this is the prototype size. And sometimes it's not just about – when you talk about prototype size, it's not just about height, weight, but you look at there are some players that are there can be shorter, but they their hand size, have really big hands, or they there's just different factors at, at every position. It's not just as easy as looking at a player's height, weight, speed. You know, you look at all the little details. So it, it, it's important to look at those measurables, but then it always comes down to okay, the traits and and, and what's the specific. Okay, this is a quarterback. Okay, where's his accuracy? Where's his decision making? Or if it's a receiver, can he get open and catch the football? Sometimes it's it's that simple. And we look at the we look at the measurables. We look at the makeup. It, it, it's all a part of the total picture. Um, so at just like at that quarterback position, um, we're never going to um, say we're only going to take prototype players, and we're never going to say um, you, you know it's all about uh, the, the the players that that 
fit the characteristics that you're looking for. They have the traits that you're looking for. And we're not going to limit ourselves and say we're, we're only going to take players that are above this certain standard. All right, before we hear from our Arthur Smith, I want to gauge the temperature of this Falcon fan base. Well, hell, why don't we put Stetson on the Falcons? <laughs> there you go. Let's go to JB in Powder Springs. Hello, JB. Hey, you got jokes early at night, eh? Uh, why not? Well, yeah, you're right. Leave him in Georgia. Let him be 25 mobile years. But um, I submitted um, have um, Arthur Smith to um, draw some plays on on his off season, so we can uh, get down the field a little bit better. I like to have a winning season next year. I'm We're going to JB. JB, trust me. We are going to have I, a winning season. We are going to have a winning season next year, JB. It's going to happen. Can I get that in right? I will. I will write it in blood. Email it to me. Write <laughs> <laughs> it in blood. Tell, pre- tell them draw some different plays up. All right, JB. Well, we'll work on that. Let's go to David Norcross, home of the. Are they the Blue Devils, Norcross Blue Rob, Devils? Go ahead, JB. Rob, 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 I'm lonely too. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your What's on your no, mind, Rob? I was just going to tell you this. You know, you know it, it. It really everything always comes down to, and you know it. You know this, Rob. It's really luck. You know, does does everything pan out? Does Does somebody not get injured? Does somebody not measure up? You know, and it really just comes down to, you know, just the luck of the draw. You know, it, there's just so many factors that go into a to a team and, and to a player and to what what they're going to become, you know, and, and, and then you have the other guys on the team, like like an Algier, well, is he going to have like a sophomore jinx? Oh, or is he going to perform? All right, I appreciate you. Luck favors the prepared, my friend. And don't say that. Tyler Algier will not have a sophomore slump. There's no law. That's not even a cosmic law. Tyler Algier wants to win, and he showed you the way he ran this year. Even the Falcons are out of, he's still running with bad intentions. That's not going to change. The only thing that could change is if he gets hurt, and God forbid if he ever gets hurt. Let's go up to uh, North Lake, the Tucker area with Pete. Pete, what's going on? Rob, hey, listen, uh, I'm very optimistic about the Falcons, and I'm going to tell you why. And first off, um, you know, uh, earlier this week and today, actually, even Bell was ripping kind of on Fontenot about, you know, uh, going for the talent positions like London instead of, you know, beefing up the lines. And that, and I get that. I mean, that's a, a really good criticism. But in the NFL today, you've got to get butts in the seats and you've got to have an offense. And people love the kind of offense that Arthur Smith is building. So I am like mega excited about our Falcons. I am too. I appreciate your call. I agree. But you know what else you know what also puts butts in the seats and it'll never fail. If you have a very intimidating almost generational defense, that jacks up a home crowd more than a quarterback throwing for 500 yards. So you combine that with the old school running attack that the Falcons have, that is sexy. It'll That's become- known the Falcons. That's no the Falcons. All right, Arthur Smith, season one, seven wins. Season two, seven wins. 
What does Arthur think about his growth as a coach from year one to year two? Well, it's really your mindset every day. You know, you're never going to have all the answers. You, you know, you're going to make some mistakes. And if you're humble enough to to realize that and to lean on others, it's a continual growth. And that's what we believe in here. You know, it's really a, a big part of our core is that having that mindset. And so inevitably what happens anytime you take a job, new responsibility, there's a lot of unknown. Um, you prepare everything out and then things come up that, and that, that test you. And so I think there's a, there's a daily growth with a job. Um, it helps when you're in a, in a place like, like Atlanta and, and the way our building's structured and the relationship with Terry. Uh, I've said this many times. I mean, it's hard enough to win this league. It's really hard when you're, you're dealing with uh, the day-to-day drama that belongs on a Bravo TV show, uh, Bravo TV. So we don't have that here, and uh, I'm thankful for that every day. It's continuing to learn as you get into year two, even the little stuff this time of year with the staffing, all the stuff that, hey, what can we do better? How can I improve the calendar? How can I tweak this? Let's look at, you know, what we were doing practice-wise. So I'm just thankful every day, you know, you get to do this job, but there's, there's a constant self-evaluation and growth. Uh, certainly you're more comfortable. Uh, it doesn't make the job any easier, but there, there's a lot of unknowns that you've been through now twice you try to prepare for and improve. Well, there you go. Now, of course, Dean Pease retired at the age of 73, made his decision at the end of the season. I think his wife finally said enough's enough. And I wonder if that game where he got knocked down pregame had to go to the hospital. I mean, that's, that's a jarring thing when you're an older gentleman like that. You know, if you're a young guy, you pop right up. But other than that, when you're older like that, I wonder if that played a factor into it. It seemed like he just had enough. But he certainly had grown really attached to that defensive uh, room there. And, of course, the defensive players clearly held him in high regard and apparently revered him as well. But now the Falcons are going to have to construct a defense pretty much in a lot of ways. You're going to have to add some cornerback depth, maybe another starting cornerback. Clearly, a bunch of interior linemen, some edge guys as well. So what about how does Arthur Smith jive the whole thing together, putting together the defense and who the defensive coordinator is going to be? You can say you're 3-4, but you got to think of how many different front variations there are. And, you know, a lot of the game when you're playing spread out in an 11, whether you're a true 4-3 or 3-4, you're in a lot of four-down fronts. So whether you have the hybrid guys that we do or outside linebackers that are essentially defensive ends on four-down fronts, you know, that, that kind of, I think, gets overstated sometimes. Uh, you know, structurally, it's really about being flexible. And there's a lot of guys and there's a lot of great schemes in this league, but and this will – you know, and Terry can certainly uh, share his opinion on it. But when you are building the kind of hybrid model, like you're not looking for an overhaul. We've been building something here, and you look at something like Baltimore's a great example. They've had a lot of success with that scheme. Everybody's had their own. Clearly, you know, they've had a lot of different defense coordinators, a lot of success, and they've tweaked different things of it and made it their own. But the way they've drafted and they built it, that vision to be able to play multiple and to have guys that are really versatile, that won't change regardless of the play caller is. So that foundation has been built. Now, it'll be refreshing to go in there and as we get to more formal interviews and hear other people's perspectives and learn a lot about people and we'll hire the best candidate. But the way we built, that won't change. I don't give a damn if you, if you run a 2-5-4, a 1-10. Just get some dudes. Get some dudes to get to the quarterback. Get some dudes that can cover. Get some dudes. 
that are sideline to sideline in that linebacking core. Just get some dudes. I don't care if you run a 3-8. Don't matter. Get some guys. All that stuff makes my eyes water. I understand that's necessary. I saw a lot of fight in our guys. Oh, uh, good God, Nate. Would you stop? <laughs> let's, go, <laughs> let's go to Ken in America. Hello, Ken. Hey, I'm uh, I'm still a Falcon fan, but I'm uh, leaning towards another team down in North Florida. I'm only two and a half hours from North Florida, and I'm going to Jacksonville to cheer on the cheer on the Jaguars oh, this oh. Saturday. You were cheating but, uh, on the Falcons. You were seeing other teams. Yes, uh, <sighs> but I got to have a backup plan if one of my my teams doesn't do well. So Jacksonville's so, your but side. As far chick. as the Falcons, <laughs> I'd like to see them. Uh, I'd like to see the Falcons. How can they trade up to maybe get a high enough where they could get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? Well, anything's possible. I appreciate you. Anything's possible, but there's still other value, too. There's a lot of guys. It's a deep draft for uh, edge guys and D linemen. Stetson on the Falcons. <laughs> or let's, let's trade up and get Stetson number two. Stetson <laughs> on the Falcons. <laughs> oh, my God. This <laughs> is so stupid. I have the most frivolous job on the planet, Donnie. No, I'm entertaining people. I provide an escape from the pressures of life, you know. I'm always accused of finishing too early. (laughs) Now, as I mentioned earlier, we talked about the notion, it'd be nice if we could um, make life a little uncomfortable, if not downright miserable. A Batan death march every Sunday for every quarterback that dare suit up against the Falcons. Oh, here's Arthur Smith on uh, creating quarterback pressure and how it's uh, a multi uh, thing. Well, some of it's not just edge, Mike. I mean, again, it's it's like the, when I hear the best player available. I mean, it's always taken with a grain of salt. Like, you know, you're not if you already have like two really good left tackles. Nobody's drafting a third left tackle because they're the best player available. So the same, you know, with you, when you look at Things like that. Sometimes you look at just because you guys are young. I mean, you see guys in this league that are taken, and you know, you you know, Tampa with Tryon. I mean, what he looked like a year ago to what he looked like in this year. That's what you're talking about development. Just because something happened year one, like Richie Grant, and then Richie year two. So there's a lot of that when you. It was a lot younger group on the outside, but the, the sack number sometimes is not just edge. There's guys inside that can affect it. There's certain linebackers and certain third down schemes that may be really good rushers that that's another accountable. So there's a lot of ways. Clearly, we want more, and we know that's an area of improvement. It's not just because we took two young edge guys that it was magically you had Lawrence Taylor year one. So there's a lot of things as we build and strategically and other pieces that you add along with it and the development of these young guys. That That's how, to me, we need to take another step. But there, there's a lot of moving parts to it. All right, we're going to come back. I'm going to give you a forearm shiver. Going around the NFL. Lots of interesting candidates up for uh, the vacant head coaching jobs after Black Monday and a dip our total playoff preview. That forearm shiver is imminent. You better brace yourself. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. John Chuckery. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. NFL playoffs are almost upon us. Welcome back. Rob Tribble in for uh, John Chuckery. Without further ado, I'm going to give you a forearm shiver. All right. We've heard from uh, Lamar Jackson about three hours ago. He tweeted the following. Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in recovery. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain. On the borderline of a strain three, there is still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. Wow. Sounds like he's not playing. Hmm. That's something. All right. CBS Sports ranked the top possible 14 matchups in the uh, Super Bowl. And apparently, the Chiefs-Seahawks, the notion of that Super Bowl is uh, the least attractive, followed by the Jaguars and Eagles. I'm sorry, I think Jacksonville, the Super Bowl, would be a great story. They had, between 2011 and 2021, Jacksonville had a 24% win percentage. They were... In a word, ghastly for about 10 years, to say the least. That record over that time was, uh, what was that record? Well, it was terrible. We'll just leave it at that, right? Dallas and the Giants, not a very attractive one. Neither is KC and Dallas, Baltimore, San Francisco. It seems like the matchup everybody wants to see is the Bills and Eagles. Followed by Kansas City. And the Eagles, followed by Bengals in San Francisco. Now, that would be a nostalgic one right there. The Bengals in San Francisco played, what was that year? 82? That was the first Super Bowl in a cold-weather climate. It was up in Detroit at the old Pontiac Silverdome with the, with the San Francisco 49ers getting their uh, first Super Bowl victory. So apparently Sean Payton is going to interview with the Bengals. Guess what? Who, who else is? David Shaw, who stepped down from uh, Stanford. Highly regarded. I think he just got burned out at Stanford. It's like, you know, been there long enough. Time for a new challenge. Thomas Brown on the coaching staff out there. The Rams, former Georgia running back out of Tucker High School, going to interview for the uh, Houston Texans job as well. So, and by far, Jacksonville is the most surprising team. Think about this. In a span of nine months, they can go from holding the number one overall pick 
to winning a playoff game. Technically, that would be the third time it's ever happened, but the way they're doing it would be the first time ever. Now, here's what I mean. The 78 Houston Oilers had the number one overall pick, but they were 8-6. and six. They traded up, and who do they draft? Earl Campbell. The 1991 Dallas Cowboys were 7-9. and nine. They traded up to get Russell Maryland. So think about this. The Jaguars started the year 2-6, and six, finished 9-8 and eight with a five-game winning streak. But like I said, from that span between 2011 to 20 and 21, 47 and 130. What is your most desirable Dylan Super Bowl matchup? I wouldn't mind seeing like a That's close. That's, that's a good one. I I went I want it okay. Selfishly, I want to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl because my girlfriend is an amazing Eagles fan. That's right, you told and me I don't she's know like if, obsessed. And I don't know if, if uh if the Eagles lose, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to console her, Rob Tribble. I might need help. I might be calling you. Oh, I don't dear. know. <laughs> oh dear, inconsolable, huh? Yeah, I Still mean she's a diehard. Wow. So any any matchup with the Eagles would be good, but if I had to answer the question, probably Chiefs Eagles would be good. I I'd be happy with Chiefs Eagles, Bills Eagles, or Bengals Eagles. One of those three, I think, would be the best. I'm kind of tired of Kansas City though. I understand Just tired that. Tired of them. I understand that. Love Patrick Mahomes, I, Andy Reid. I was so happy for him to finally get one after losing right. all those. NFC Championship games. I would losing, like to see the Bills in there. I feel like the Bills have earned it. They, I feel like they, they, they deserve it. Oh, they a, have. You kidding me? They deserve one. They deserve an appearance. And plus, not only because of what they went through with their teammate this year. Great story. That would be a great story. In fact, they lost four Super Bowls in a row. Oh. They have to live in Buffalo. <laughs> right. That and, might the, be. and the good people of Buffalo, when, when they had to, uh, when they went out and shoveled uh, some of the players like driveways to help yes. to help get them out so they could travel. Right, that was a great story Bill's as well. Mafia, man, that's a great fan base. Yep. Even with the Sabers and everything else, I wasn't crapping on the people of Buffalo. Just the towel with that climate, it's like man alive. I wonder if this. Uh, I think about Lamar Jackson. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, if you had your contract situation all figured out, would you be playing this weekend? I got to tell you, man, there's a new reality going on. J.J. Watt had to have his heart shocked back into rhythm, right? We saw what happened to the uh, Hamlin, the Bills player. There's a lot of NFL players now. I wonder if they were going to shy away from the notion of being franchised. Like, hell no. Not do right. They realize now it could all be taken away like that. I wonder if that's going to create a new narrative within the uh, community of players that we're not necessarily privy to. I wonder if that's going to be a thing. I mean, it has to be. I, players have to start getting theirs. Like, they have to start securing their bags. Yep. So, I'm not mad at these any of these players that hold out because no. these teams don't want to sign them. Not at all. If you don't want players to do that, then, then give them something. Or don't be, don't, don't be shocked when players hold out, especially of Lamar Jackson's caliber, when you know if you don't pay him, somebody else is going to pay him. Yeah. I, I, got no, I got no problem with that whatsoever. I, I, I respect what they do. And having worked with guys like Hugh and Randy, and there's been some other guys that have – Jamie Dukes, all those guys. They've given me a strong idea of what that life is like. It's not easy. And you can sit there and say, look at all the money they make. Yeah, but there are so many guys that are having such a terrible time post-career. I brought up Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell can't even walk now. I think he's in a wheelchair. William Perry, the refrigerator. He's had all sorts of health issues. Guys suffer. They suffer. They suffer. Cognitively, not to mention the rest of their body, the
the concussion, post-concussion syndrome. And I think I heard, too, you're only – when you retire from the NFL, you only get health care through the NFL four years I prior, think, yep. four or five years prior, and then you're on your own. Yep, then you're on your own. Yep, yep. But hopefully now – luckily now, it seems like now, because the NFL has done a good job with their rookie symposium. Herm Edwards was really good at that. One of my favorite things Herm Edwards ever said in the rookie symposium – and that basically – gives the uh, players, new players in the league, every possible pratfall that you could be confronted with, from groupies to your money to how you treat social media. Herm Edwards, my favorite thing from him, he never said, don't press send. Tweet what you want, but just don't press send. Write what you want. Get it all out, but just don't press send. And also there was that old uh, stat where I think, what was it, 80%? Uh, professional athletes are broke within three years of retiring. It seems like a lot of guys have gotten a lot better as far as that goes because they're listening and they understand. Because it's not an easy thing. And we talked about this earlier. I talked about what a knucklehead I would have been if if somebody signed me and I'm playing professional baseball, which was my goal. I Clearly, I didn't make it. But I probably would have blown through my money in a ridiculous way unless I had some some adult voice in my head saying, dude, I mean, look it up. Marshawn Lynch, you know what? He didn't spend any of his NFL salary. He saved it all. He, he lived off his endorsement money. I think J.J. Watt did the same thing. So a lot of guys have been very thoughtful in the way they have uh, handled things as uh, far as that goes. So it's Rob Timberland for John Chuckery Sports Radio, 929 The Games. We uh, talk about the uh, NFL playoffs this weekend. Finally getting going. And as I mentioned before, if... Kansas City and the Bills end up in the AFC Championship game. That game will be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, even though I prefer it be played in either Buffalo or Kansas City. But they tried to do that since Buffalo ended up playing one fewer regular season game, as did Cincinnati. How much do you think those tickets are going to be going for, Rob? Ooh, I don't know, man. Probably, I think it's going to be Pretty a hot penny. ticket. Yeah. It's going, to be a hot, it's going to be a hot ticket. I mean, the last time Buffalo played here in Atlanta – they took over that dome. I was there at that game. The Bills Mafia travels very, very well. Kansas City the same way. And uh, Atlanta is now a desirable city to go to. I mean, when I was growing up, there was nothing here. Nothing here whatsoever. Not the case now. We're a cultural mecca due to music and movies and, and the restaurants, too, also known as a restaurant town. Lots of things to do. So it's going to be a hot ticket. <laughs> I heard them talking about this on the midday show. This is going to be, besides the Super Bowl, this is going to be the first playoff game played in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and it does not include the Falcons. Wow, that's right. But one thing is good, though. Remember, we were um, mourning the fact that the Falcons can't seem to win in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Well, they are now. So that has changed. Because that place was a shop of horrors, man. And I'm telling you, the most heartbreaking thing is like on a Saturday – Say like uh, the SEC championships at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the next day there's a home Falcons game. Or go to an Atlanta United game back in their heyday. Unfortunately, I'm saying back in their heyday as of last year, year before. Go to an Atlanta United game on, on Saturday with all this volume and partying and pageantry. Then you go to a Falcons game on Sunday. It's like going to a wake. It's like being in church. But I think that has finally changed. That is, that is funny you brought that up. That is a very true statement. It'll be the first NFL playoff game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but unfortunately, the Falcons won't be playing in it. 
Holy smokes. And, of course, uh, Arthur Smith and uh, company, East-West Shrine game. Coaching staff of one side, Patriots. Their staff will be on the other side. And um, Bill Belichick, another year now out of the playoffs, and now they're starting to put up his uh, record. I don't have the numbers in front of me. With Brady, without Brady, and now Tom Brady limped into the playoffs, even though it's the uh, first time he's ever had a losing record. But he's still in the playoffs, and he's still dangerous. That team is still dangerous, still has a pretty good defense. That offense has looked like a mess this year. But they went into, after, when they broke camp and after their final preseason game, that offensive line had some injuries on it, and they didn't really recover. They recovered enough to win the division, but it certainly saddled them. And Brady at times looked terrible, too, with some in, inaccurate throws, this, that, and the other. But Tom Brady back in the playoffs still could be a dangerous thing. And he's probably uh, pissed off from uh, Miss losing about $93 million from that cryptocurrency deal with uh, that crook who's going to end up suicided, by the way. And he is a defendant in that case as well. Since he was a brand ambassador for that, that's got to be embarrassing. Not necessarily his fault, though. If somebody, I mean, endorsement deals, if somebody comes up to me and wants to give me a lot of money, endorse their product, I didn't know. Cryptocurrency seemed to be the thing, and that place was uh, thriving until it wasn't. Talking about FTX. But it was all a fraud, but didn't know it until after the fact. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to do an index. Just some random factoids that will just uh, fascinate you. So if in your car right now, when I start doing the index, you're going to end up in your car until that segment's over because you're going to be so riveted. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Going to get back into the uh, flaccid, lethargic, underachieving, annoyingly mediocre Atlanta Hawks at the top of the hour. But we're going to do a, we're going to do an index right now. Just a bunch of random factoids that are usually a lot of fun and uh I usually I saw uh, a lot of fight in our guys. Yes, uh, I know, I know, I know you did. I know you did, Nate. We're gonna, we're gonna hear all about your fight and all the things, all your typical uh, vowel movements after a loss coming up at the top of the hour. But um, I usually blow Dylan's mind with some of these things. All right. The ancient Romans used to drop a piece of toast into their wine for good health. That's why we raise a toast. That's where that came from. See, he's already mouth agape. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Did not know that. Starting off strong, Rob. Yeah. When are you at your more creative, you think? I know you're a creative guy. You have a you have a young, fresh, agile mind. Yes. I'm definitely more creative when I'm not sober. A lot of people say that. That's also known as state-induced learning if you really have a problem with it. Really? There's been a lot of rock musicians, say like you're a great drummer, or a lot of people can't dance unless they're drunk. That's state-induced learning, by the way. Wow. That's called that. People are more creative in the shower studies show. When we oh, take yeah. A, when we take a warm shower, we experience that increased amount of dopamine flow that makes us more creative yep in the shower i have my best thoughts in the shower there you go how about this you know since uh marijuana is being decriminalized and basically legalized in a lot of places when washington and colorado legalized marijuana 
The Mexican drug cartels lost about $1.4 billion annually. Now think about this. Soon to be 21 states are going to legalize it. Atlanta, city of Atlanta's already decriminalized it. So multiply that $1 billion by 10. But you know what the cartels are doing now? They have tape, taken over the avocado industry. Yes. It knows no bounds. Certainly, yep, absolutely. All right. I know when we text, we do like LOL, OMG, all the things that make us, you know, basically sound kind of lazy and illiterate, right? How about this? The first use of OMG, it was in a letter to Winston Churchill. Are you serious? Back in 1917, yes. This retired British admiral was very excited about these uh, headlines in a newspaper regarding the mobilizing of uh, forces of the British forces in World War I. So he's excited to share this news with Winston Churchill, so he simply wrote in all caps, OMG, in a letter. I would have definitely guessed that stuff didn't start until we started texting. Uh, there you go. You that, never know. My mind is literally pretty blown right now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. How about this? How do you think outer space smells? What does it smell like? Nothing? No, it smells like a combination of diesel fuel oh, I was and barbecue. That's due to dying stars. Oh. The combustion of the reeling stars creates that smell of a diesel fuel and barbecue. <laughs> so it smells like basically when a truck driver gets home from a long day <laughs> and he doesn't shower because he knows he's going to cook out. Yeah. And so he, there he there's no point in showering because he's going to get all that barbecue smoke on him. <laughs> so he just showers after he cooks. Space smells like a hardworking truck driver. A hardworking truck at driver. At his grill. On a Friday night. And as a man, guess what? Nobody, nobody get anywhere near the man in his grill. Go over to Randy McMichael's house and try to approach his grill. Oh, he's going to slap you. He will slap you. He will, he will open hand and slap. Isn't that the worst thing that a man could do to another man? Pretty much. An open-handed slap, meaning you're not even worthy of my fist. I mean, that's just a – that's kind of what I want to do. The Just move away, peasant. I want to do that to the Hawks right now, basically. If you ever watch the old Three Stooges where Curly and Larry are right there and Mo just slaps both of them, I want to line all the Hawks up and bam, 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 just slap them I saw off. a lot of fight in our guys. Yeah, uh, I know. I know, Nate. I know you did. Why don't you, you need to slap some lips in that locker room, as you, Douglas, would say. <laughs> And speaking of stars, did you know there are fewer stars than there are trees on Earth? About 3 trillion trees on Earth, 400 billion stars. It's crazy. I want to go to outer space. Do you really, I have no interest. I, I really want. I, mean, I, I just want to see what it looks visit, like. Yeah. As far as uh, people like Elon Musk says, I wouldn't mind going to Mars and just dying there. I don't know if I'd want I don't that. want to do that. I think that would no. be too isolating. I'd yeah, like to at least experience it, you know, yeah. for a little while. You know, it takes, I think it takes six months to get to Mars. That's a long time. That's a long time. It takes about three days to get to the moon. I mean, will That's that be worth crazy. it? Oof. I might do the tre- three-day trip to the moon. Just wanna, but, but see, like. Just the, a quick weekend getaway to the moon. Exactly. This is <laughs> a long weekend to the moon. But see, like, the thing is, though, like. I need the guarantee, which I know I'll never get, that I'm going to be, like, okay. Now, right. It's going to be a safe trip. 
So that's that's my only weird. It's, it's like skydiving. I would love to skydive. I only if no I knew. Interest, yeah. No interest whatsoever. I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I want to skydive, but I need to know that parachute's going to open. I don't know that, so I'm not going to do it. Well, you can do the tandem thing though, where you're where you're strapped to another person and they do it for you. I mean, that doesn't matter. Their parachute might not open. <laughs> <They> might, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I need to know the parachute's going to. They could they could do everything right, and they're just some they're just some defect. I, I will tell you this. I have a good buddy of mine. He, he passed away about a year ago. Bless his heart. Just dropped dead of a heart attack. I guess we're seeing a lot of that lately. But um, when he was uh, right after he got out of college, he went skydiving, but he packed his own chute, too, and did the solo thing. Ooh. I don't know if I'd trust myself, man. I know I do no. something wrong because I make so many dumb mistakes. You know, I can't. I, I, that, that would be a lot. Absolutely lot. How about this one? This might gross you out. Estimated number of arthropods living in the average U.S. home. That would be 100. Arthropods being spiders, mites, scorpions, centipedes, millipedes. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) How many? 100 in the average home. Oh, that's a lot. But they're little bitty things. They're all over the place. You know, the bigger the scorpion, the less harmful it is. It's the small ones that can kill you. Really? The big ones that look so scary. Yeah. Yeah, they'll pack a wallop. But it's, I think it's the small ones that can actually. Uh, is it because they don't? You don't see them, or they do? They have more venom. I think they have more venom. Oh, yep, yeah, that's scary. How about this? Basketball invented eighteen ninety one, right? Right. The first three years, soccer balls were used for playing basketball. You know what? That doesn't surprise me because if you get a soccer ball. You can dribble a soccer ball pretty well. Yep. Like, I've seen plenty of people dribble a soccer you ball. You have a better handle. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a lot more gripping points on a soccer ball. So, yep. I definitely see that. So, soccer balls once used for playing basketball. First basketballs weren't produced until 1894 by A.G. Spalding. We know Spalding, yes. We, we know that. Game invented in 1891, of course, at the YMCA in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts by uh, James Naismith. Ball developed by A.G. Smalding at the behest of James Naismith. But here's what's so funny, though. The game was invented in 1891. Remember when the game first started as a peach basket, and it had the bottom still in it. So every time somebody scored, you have to climb up there and retrieve the ball. It took them 15 years to decide, well, why don't we just cut the bottom out? Wow. It took them that long yes, to figure 1906, that out? Yes, 1906. Yep, 1906, the bottom of the basket was finally taken out. So imagine that when you're playing hoops. You had to climb up there on a ladder and get the ball out of the hoop and resume playing. Man, that there was no good game flow back no, in no, the day. No flow whatsoever. No flow whatsoever. No. So, but you know what? I wonder how many people like were actually good at shooting back then. How many made baskets were there really? Probably not many, though. Probably not many. You know, you know that, that makes me wonder one thing. How many people, you think about all the sports in the world. Yes, you have cricket, but that's not throwing in the traditional way. Do people in other countries, do they necessarily have good arms because they never throw? All they use is their legs for kicking a soccer ball. Huh? Is there a guy in Italy that can uh, chuck it? I'm sure there might be. Probably is. Maybe. There's at least a few, I'm thinking. But I think in World War II, we were better at throwing hand grenades than the other countries were. So we had better arms. You know, we had, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's something I wonder about, though. Does anybody have good arms overseas? Or maybe they do, they just don't know it yet. And they don't, they're not coaching the proper way of, Throwing, they didn't grow up there are so anything. many overseas left-handed and right-handed pitchers right now who just, just have so, so much untapped potential. You know, 
that's funny you bring that up. Um, who was – oh, my gosh. Who was that former NFL player? Uh, Dante somebody. He kind of went around the world and tried playing different sports. Really? And uh, you go over there to, like, some of those uh, Slavic countries or Northern Europe, mm-hmm. there are some massive dudes. Oh, yeah. Like 6'5", 300, and just – and you've seen World's Strongest Man on ESPN. And, right. You know, back in the day it was Magnus Ver Magnus, and they used to always win, you know, the right. Maritime Relay and – pulling a tractor trailer and lifting uh, big stones up on a ledge. I mean, there's a lot of strong dudes. There's probably a lot of untapped talent over there. Yeah. Some of those dudes are just massive. I mean, all the tall, like, when you see, like, tweets or whatever about the tallest dudes in the world, they're always foreign. I mean, look, I mean, how many Bobons are out there running around in those foreign (laughs) countries, wherever Bobon's from? What was that? There's... I think it's the African tribe that uh, Manute Bowl's a part of. I can't remember the name of the tribe, but the average height is like 6'9 for men. The average yes. height is 6'9? Look nine? that one up and see if you can find that. Tallest African tribe, and I think Manute Bowl's a member of that tribe. Yep, Th- that was like the average. They're like the tallest uh, group of people on the planet, if I'm not mistaken. So, Rob Tribble in for uh, John Chuckery as my crack uh, research staff gets on that. Yeah, I wonder what the name of that tribe was or is. They're still around. They're really, really, all of them are really, really, I think the average height is like 6'9". If you're like 6'7", 6'6", you're, you're a runt, basically. You're the Danny DeVito of that tribe if you're, if you're that short. You're not seeing it? Got to be somewhere. I'm, I'm going to look it up right here on the tallest African tribe. I cannot remember, but New Bowl's a part of that. Oh, this is great radio right here, I know. <laughs> average height was probably that, about 6'9". Tallest major tribe in the world is the Tutsi, yes. Watusi of Rwanda and Burundi, Central Africa, whose young adult male averages, uh, well, it only says six feet there. But. I see another thing here. It says the Dinka tribe of Dinka. South Sudan has have the tallest set of people in the world. One of them, Manute Bowl, is yes. the uh, yeah, a joint tallest NBA player of all time, seven feet, seven inches tall. It didn't say in the tweet their average height. I'll see if yeah. it says. I was probably exaggerating that, but they are known as being extremely tall and and the reason why they are, a popular expl- explanation is nutrition, a calorie-stuffed diet rich in dairy products, grains, and meat. And Dinka primary, their primary nutrition is milk and organic, well, organic food for one thing. But then again, though, we have all the uh, chemicals in our food, you know. Got all the hormones in the chicken. Uh, that's why girls hit puberty at nine years old now, it seems like, because of all the uh, – Yeah. All that, all that sort of stuff going on. So there you go. That's, that's the uh, – Index for tonight. We got about 67 minutes to go, and uh, we're going to come back and pontificate the annoyance that is our Atlanta Hawks. And I want to hear from you. We, we did this earlier in the show to start it. I want to hear from this uh, group. We didn't finish. <laughs> That's next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.